pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Good Friday morning. Hope your week went well. Well, this is episode 15. Look, we're going to be talking about some strange stuff today. I know everything that happens around us, you know, just seems like happenstance. You're going to find out today that isn't the truth. I got Patrick on the phone. My name is Chris, and you're listening to the Constitution Commandos. The government has to stage some kind of racist act so that we can believe that we have a race problem. Yeah. And that's probably what we're looking at here. So far, they haven't gotten the country to rear up and take up arms against the government, so they don't have a reason for uh, martial law yet. I imagine well, you also have to ammonium nitrate would get that started, don't you? Well, see, we also have to look shortly after that ammonium nitrate just vanished. You know, uh, I guess David Copperfield was on that train; he made it disappear. Uh, it was Chris Angel. <laughs> or Chris Angel, <laughs> but uh, well, hey, he might have been easier to retain. Um, if anybody remembers that U-Haul truck that rammed that barricade in Washington D.C. and the officers that first approached the truck pulled out a uh, Nazi flag with the swastika, and if you look closely at the flag that they had laid out so beautifully on the ground beside the truck for a photo op, it still had creases from being in the package that it was in. It wasn't dirty. <laughs> and then they claim they claim that it was a Nazi, a white supremacist that was driving the U-Haul, and the white supremacist happened to be of Indian nationality. I was going to say, like how many times have they screamed white supremacy and it hadn't even been a white person that they're accusing of it? Yeah, so that that's, you know, and that happened shortly after the ammonium nitrate. So I feel Wasn't like that, Texas that was shooting a, about the same time. Uh, yeah, it was just before. That was just before old yeah. boy with the U-Haul truck and the Nazi flag. Yeah, I think the damn Hispanic. cops. Yeah, but see. They have to create a problem. And it don't matter the facts in the case. Mm -hmm. Two attacks, one with a U-Haul, one with a gun in Texas, neither were white, and both were accused of being white supremacists. And it's like the FBI has been ordered to inflate and pad their numbers of domestic terrorism. And this and way, because... Well, yeah, because, see, Christopher Ray has said a number of times on TV, the biggest threat in America is domestic terrorists by white supremacists. That's right. Well, if they're working on one case, one FBI agent working on one case is told to open a separate case file on anybody associated in that case. It's one case that turns into five cases. And that's how they right. started saying, oh, we've had a rise of domestic terrorism. No, we haven't. No, we Not haven't. to mention the initial case you were looking at isn't domestic terrorism. It's people exercising their First Amendment right. 
And and even in the case of a shooting in a U-Haul truck driving through a barricade, that's not white supremacy anyways, simply because the nationalities of the people they're accusing of white supremacy really doesn't fit the ticket. No, no. And, I... You know, I mean, back in the 60s, you had, you know, of course, the KKK and the Black Panthers. Now, you, could you imagine a white person being part of the Black Panthers? They wouldn't no. allow it. And the KKK, of course, the only way you were black at one of their meetings was be the guest of honor. And quite frankly, I think, not that I'm a supporter of either of those groups, but I think that both of those groups would be highly offended <laughs> by what the government is calling white supremacists. Yep. And, I mean, really, every time I have heard of something happened in this country in the last two years that they've labeled as white supremacy. It hasn't, there hasn't been a white person involved. No. It's crazy. Even the Marine up there in New York on the subway trying to re restrain one guy that was scaring everybody on the subway. I mean, he was a white Marine, but that wasn't a white, a case of white supremacy. No. That's a case of second-degree murder, which is purely asinine. But that's that's what I look at. That's what I've been seeing. You know, it just amazes me that I don't hear any more outrage about it. And you're not going to hear it on the news, I know, because the news just isn't going to report it. It goes against the narrative. But it seems to me there'd be a lot more vocal vocalization from the people, really. And I'm sure there is. I just don't hear it. You know, I... I don't know if I told you, but I actually went and played a gig last Friday night, if that's what you want to call it. But uh, I ended up meeting this guy there, and we talked for a long time. And a lot of what he was saying is what me and you talk about. And, uh, you know, I finally told him, I said, you know, I'm really amazed that you know as much as you do, you know, about the certain little intricacies of the bullshit that we hear about on the news even. And um, he finally told me, he said, listen, he said, I'm Cuban. And I was like, Cuban? He said, yeah, I'm not mixed. I am Cuban. He said, I don't know if you know this. He said, but of all the Hispanic countries in the world, Cubans are the most hated. And that's when he told me he moved here on his own when he was 20 or 21 years old, got his citizenship here. And I did get a chance to ask him how long it took him to get his citizenship, and it still boggles my mind, but it, it, he said it took him right at 12 years to get his citizenship. And when you hear somebody like that say that he will fight and die for this country, it's uh, it sounds a whole lot different than when me and you say it. You know what I mean? And yeah. But, you know, like he told me, he said, I know what communism looks like. I know what communism feels like. He said, people in this country need to understand they don't really want communism. And, you know, I, I invited him to come on the show. He said he would, but I know they went to Arkansas this weekend, so he'll probably be busy this week. But um, I do want to get him on the show. I think you'll enjoy talking to him. The guy is, is really highly intelligent but you know i asked him i said so do you know the constitution better than i do and he said well i don't know how well you know it but i know it 
<laughs> and you know he knows it. I mean, that's part of his getting a citizenship, but but it it almost made me feel like I was Ronald Reagan in 1960 talking to a Cuban back then who said he was so happy that, that the United States was here to come to. And Reagan said, yeah, well, when this country goes downhill, where are we going to go? You know? Yeah. And that's really something to think about. Something needs to be thought about very, very diligently because we're getting to a point where there's not going to be any great place on the planet to go to. And it's coming rapidly, very rapidly. That's right. Now, aside from that train car and 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate coming up and missing, I still want to know where that citation is. <laughs> yeah, I, I've... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got people that have asked me, "Well, what about the missing people?" Well, I exactly. I, I'm okay. I'm not saying they're not missing. I mean, I, I'm not negating that at all. I can but tell you they're not where I they can, said that crash was. Yeah, before I can acknowledge that they're missing due to a plane crash, you got to see the plane. Then there needs to be some type of a debris field. Yep. Which, like I said, I was in that area. Nobody in that area heard anything about it. You were there the next day, weren't you? I was there. Yeah, I was. It was like the next day of that the plane crash. The plane crash went down in Staunton, Virginia, uh, which is where the, I think it's George Washington National Forest or something like that is. But it went down, went down to Staunton, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I was just south of Roanoke in Virginia. The plane went down at allegedly 3.30 on a Sunday. Right. Well, Sunday, I was uh, at a rest stop just south of Roanoke, actually a few miles south of the first scale house going into Virginia on Highway 81. The DOT officers, typically when an airplane goes down, I know this because I've been around a couple crashes. Is One DOT and the house. governor? Yeah, DOT and the governor typically will be the notified because DOT generally is going to handle any type of flow of traffic or you know basically the the local end of access to the location. Well, they're the ones that crash the site. area, and yeah. Right. Yeah, and governor governor's going to know. One, he's the executive of the state, and two, depending what was in the aircraft or what have you, he, he's got to organize assistance for the FAA and any federal authorities that are in there working on a down plane. Right. Well, now the DOT officers at the scale house looked at me like I was batshit crazy when I inquired about it. They heard about it breaking restricted airspace and fighter jets being uh, scrambled. But they did not know anything about the plane going down 70 miles to their north. Well, when I left the scale house, and if anybody's wondering why I was in the scale house, I got a ticket for being overweight on my rear trailer axle. I was in the scale house for a reason. But... When I left there, I already had it planned to stop in Staunton at the intersection of Interstate 81 and Business Route 64. 
because there's a Love's Travel Center there, and I had to get some coffee and fuel and all that good stuff. No employee in the Love's heard about the crash, and this is just a matter of miles from the reported crash site. Right. I mean, people that live locally there had not heard about the crash, which I find it odd as well, because <laughs> I know here in little backwoods Mississippi, if you get a single-engine, high-wing, private, since the 172 goes down or a 150, the whole state knows about it and because it's on the of damn minutes, news. Homeland Security is on top of it. Yeah. So I find it hard to believe that a twin-engine Cessna Citation 540 went down a jet, mm -hmm. went down, and nobody was aware of it. And I just Especially within that close proximity. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I don't even know the best way to say this. I'm not saying that. The plane didn't crash somewhere. Just wasn't there. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying people aren't missing or dead. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that with the massive lack of visual evidence and with the bullshit, non, uh, the, the multiple articles I read have so many differences in them. I mean, they're, none of them are on the same page. Uh, these journalists are writing from anonymous sources. Nobody at the FAA is so top secret you cannot mention their name. Sources at the FAA say this. Who are your sources? Right. If it was a field agent or whoever to flip for the FAA is going to send to a crash site, you would think they would say their name you know, a spokesperson for the FAA or, you know, an FAA official so-and-so, but they're not even doing that. Their they're names not are not top if secret. Don't mention the FAA. <laughs> I can tell you that that plane traversed over the northeastern part of the country enough to pass quite a few air traffic control centers. Well, Nobody's reporting thing, anything. Well, I keep hearing people using the argument of hypoxia. Well, most of these jets, that. most jets have a cabin oxygen sensor. And if they're the oxygen, pilot. yeah, and it doesn't wait until the oxygen is fully gone before mm -hmm. it goes off. It happens as soon as there's where a, a, a drop a in pressure. Right. Yes. Okay. It could be a minor leak, and it will so, go off. And that way, the pilot's responsibility at that point is to contact air traffic control, notify them of the mechanical problems they're having, drop altitude to a safe, oxygen-rich altitude, and, and then request emergency, emergency landing. But in yeah. initiate emergency procedure in the cabin. And... I don't believe that hypoxia now could hypoxia cause a pilot to go unconscious. Yes. Absolutely. But I do not believe that that aircraft was 
without cabin oxygen for long enough that he got hypoxia. <laughs> another yeah. thing I find hard to believe. What is another thing I find hard to believe? Murfreesboro, Tennessee is right there on the line of Virginia and North Carolina. Right. So the flight plan was from Murfreesboro, Tennessee to New York. Well, I already know that the Cessna Citation cruising speed is around 450 knots. Right. Okay. I mean, it can go faster and it, it can cruise a little slower. That ain't, that You're ain't stall cruising speed. Cruising speed at altitude. Yeah. Okay. 450 knots at altitude from Murfreesboro, I mean, Murfreesboro to New York can't be more than what, an hour and a half flight at most? Uh, two hours tops, and that's if he slows down. Okay, well, but, this is the other issue I've got. They said that it descended from what, 28,000 or 30,000 feet? They said it dropped 20,000 feet per second. Well, this is what that's I want faster to know. than free fall. Man, I've gone from Jackson, Mississippi to freaking Houston. I've flown a lot of places. Those jetliners cruise at usually 30 and up. Mm -hmm. From Jackson, 30, 30, Mississippi to Houston, Texas, which is further probably than Murfreesboro to New York. We didn't even hit 30,000 foot. And if we did, it was for such a minimal time before we even got to our descent. We went yeah. up, we came down. That's it. Granted, we're talking about a jetliner. But I'm not talking about a 737 either. You're I'm also talking, not about talking about a smallet. Yeah, but you're not talking about much variation in speed, though. Um, yeah, but I don't see the altitude even being reached. I don't either. But now here's the other thing. The other thing is, according to the flight path that they show that that aircraft took, it took off in Tennessee, the northeastern part of Tennessee, Flew across the southern part of Washington, D.C., inside Washington, D.C. border, then turned north and covered the whole eastern side of Washington, D.C., not outside the border, inside of Washington, D.C. Now, you and I both know, especially after 9-11, there is not a plane going to breach Washington, D.C.'s airspace, period, right? No. Okay, why did that? S-16s not get scrambled until after a plane was over Washington, D.C. when ATC said that they had lost control with the pilot. Yeah. I, I, I have another thing. How did it make was, it all the way to New York, make a U-turn, if hypoxia was the case, made it all the way to New York, made a U-turn, and, and flew a fairly straight line for a pilot that had hypoxia. Yeah, because if it was set, if it was set, they tried to use the excuse that it was on autopilot. Okay, a lot of those aircraft are autopilot flown. That's right. The pilot's going to get it off the ground, get it to altitude generally, and they're going to turn around and set autopilot. But autopilot is set for a particular destination at which altitude, you know. Yeah, I mean, when, when you load in your coordinates, yeah. For an airfield, That's chances are 
Yeah, and the only thing that might change, air traffic control tells you a different runway. You remove it off a damn autopilot, and the pilot's going to land the damn thing. Or you've already got aircraft in your your line of flight. But other than that, you're you're not changing. Yeah, and those computers on those aircraft, they're called IFR ratings, instrument flight ratings. That's right, instrument flight rules. Those computers will definitely put you on the runway. I mean, within a, probably a foot. They're probably so good now, they'll probably put you within a, yeah, probably six inches either way of the center of the runway. Yeah. So, okay, let's say he went to New York, and let's say he had it on autopilot. Well, the destination was New York. That's where the flight plan was, you know, listed as. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a flight plan listed before every plane takes off. You have to uh, log a flight plan, and you have to notify the FAA where you are going. All right. And you don't even leave the runway without talking to ATC because they have to clear you for takeoff. And without a flight plan, you're not cleared. And if you try to take off anyway, that F-16 gets scrambled a lot sooner. Well, okay, let's say he was going to New York. That was a flight plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, when he did not touch down at that airfield, he was already had to have been in co- communication with the tower. Okay. As close as he was. I'm sure yeah. that, I'm sure that, well, yeah, because the tower is going to pick him up on radar right. way before he's at the airfield. Mm-hmm. So autopilot would not have turned him around because New York yeah. was the destination. Right. Okay. So, Hypoxia is out of the question all the way up to the turner now. Actually, hypoxia is out of the question right where he I, turned north in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, I don't understand. I don't believe anything about the report. I'm not I, I don't know. There were big Trump supporters. Uh, I'm not quite. There's a lot of Trump supporters. There's a lot of NRA people. So I don't think they were just targeted. <laughs> the lady was um, a staff member for Trump when he was president. Um, I'm not really, I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if the boom everybody heard was an explosion and not sonic boom. Uh, I've said I don't that many know. times, but there were two explosions that were heard in two locations that were far enough apart they didn't hear the same explosion. Well, there's a few things about it that make me question it. And the biggest thing that makes me question every bit of it is... The hypoxia. Yep. Damn ABS brake light came on. That's bullshit. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's my damn pigtail back there. Or it's a trailer. I've had this happen before. Yeah, I don't I don't believe the hypoxia story. I, I have a solid reason for not believing it. I was an AT in the Navy. And for those who don't know, that's an aviation electronics technician. I was an intermediate technician and I worked on radar systems. Now, our search radars, our radar altimeters, and the radar alarm warning systems that I worked on, all three different radars, they all had two cards in there that are very, very, very important a pilot card and a co-pilot's card. If you fly below a certain altitude or if you're flying, you know, it looks like you're flying to the side of a mountain, that pilot's going to get a signal in his headphones 
to let him know danger. That's what it's there for. And that includes any kind of uh, depressurization in the cabin. That pilot car will signal and let him know something is wrong. Now, in planes like the Citation, if there is a depressurization in the cabin, not only will the pilot be notified, usually there are air masks, that, I mean, face masks that come down to where each person in that plane can have access to oxygen until they can get to a plane to a lower altitude where it's not required that they well, use Well, I don't think it was a, they never reported <clears throat> anything about a deep, uh, depressurized cabin i think the cabin was still pressurized they were talking about the quality of oxygen in the cab was bad which that's the part i don't believe which I, would I, also I, signal the pilot an alarm yeah it would signal right. some type of an alarm would go off on the, the first fluctuation of it yeah mm -hmm. but what they're declaring is that Remember when they scrambled the F-16s, one of the F-16 pilots reported the pilot of the Citation was slumped over the controls. Yeah. That had to be around Washington, D.C. because Washington, D.C. is a no-fly zone. How the hell yeah. did that plane make it to New York, make a U-turn, and crash in Virginia? Y yeah, I'm not. There's too many holes in the story. And not to mention that everything in that part of Virginia is mountainous. I don't think you can go five feet with level terrain there, unless it's a bunch That's of excavating that went on and made a parking lot. Right. But it's all, and don't, I'm not confusing the Smokies with the Rockies, but the mountains in the Smoky Mountains are rock. Oh, they yeah. are, like they are not saw. just, yeah, they're not like dirt hills. They are stone. They're mm -hmm. rock. The ground is not going to absorb that jet or any airplane, even at a nosedive from 28,000 foot. It's not going to embed itself in the earth no. without leaving some area of a debris field. And don't forget those engines, like you mentioned the other day, they're made of titanium. And yeah, the turbines ain't evaporating. You don't disintegrate those upon impact uh, titanium is a hard metal i mean if that plane came straight down and hit rock the engines would probably deflect and bounce and end up probably several hundred yards away from where the crash site is but they're not going to disintegrate even if the plane caught fire it's not no. going to happen but the aerial view that was shown on the reports that i saw it looks like the trees have been disturbed, but there is no wreckage visible, period. Which makes me ask the question, where are the passengers? Where's the pilot? Yeah. I, I'm not so sure they're it, actually missing, but I'm not saying they aren't. But, you know, where's the wreckage? The NTS yeah, has nothing to put together to figure out what happened. Yeah, and all plane incidents, private plane, jet... They collect wreckage mm -hmm. and they reenact or they reconstruct the plane. I mean, they don't build it and make it a working aircraft again. They lay they everything the out yeah. and they put them where they're supposed to be in a hangar or a lab to find out what happened. And by what happened, that means was there an explosion on the aircraft? Was there 
ailerons that malfunction. I mean, they can determine malfunction. Yeah, elevators. I mean, it, any. It doesn't make sense. Oh no! I, for I, sure. that, that's the biggest claim that I'm saying. It does not make sense. So I do not believe it because none of it makes sense. Now y'all are free to believe whatever y'all want about it, but. Now, not to be misunderstood, I, I just the don't. report that was given makes no sense. I'm not even saying the plane Correct. didn't go down. I'm not saying the plane didn't get shot down. What I'm saying is the report that was given is, I mean, well, so like I said, I, I was in the aviation here. business, so I know for a fact it makes no sense. I mean, you don't have to take my word. Well, there's another thing. Well, not to mention also how much time we spent in the aircraft, Dad had a plane. But That's right. this, this is another thing that really strikes me curious about this whole ordeal. That little bitty private plane went down over there by our house, right? I mean, literally, like that a was block a from our plane house. Too. Yeah. <laughs> well, we go over plane. there when it went down. We heard it. We heard it. We heard problems. it before it went down. We yeah. both, yeah. So we heard it when that son of a gun went down. Oh, and by it the way, took, we heard this while we were actually talking very loudly or getting excited because we were actually being little kids and playing a racing game, having a good time. And we heard this. But we go over there into the woods and before we even got there, I mean, and we were like, yeah, we were only like a block or two, man. I grabbed my camera and, we went over there. We got in the woods. We got right outside of the little yeah, perimeter the that they had taped off. We never got inside the debris field, though. So we didn't break the law. We didn't cross any lines. We didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, that place was crawling with local every police. agency. Yep. Local police. Yeah, NTSB, FAA. DHS. Everybody. I mean, everybody was there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that happened within minutes. We now, actually saw DHS approaching the scene as we were walking out the front door. Okay, well, that aircraft that they're talking about in Virginia, it went down, reported at 3.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. They discovered the crash site, which eight o'clock I can only eight. assume that they were going off. Yeah, that they. I can only assume that they... They pinged the transponder. And at 8 o'clock that evening is when they found it because of alleged terrain issues, being able to get in there. I can understand that to an extent, but having been in the military and done what I had done, I've been inserted to heavily wooded mountainous areas via U-860 on a rope. That's right. That's what I was just going to ask. Where was the aerial reconnaissance? Because I didn't see anything in any reports about helicopters and airplanes locating the crash site. Well, I'm, yeah, there's a gap of time there that I find very difficult to agree with. Because of a four-hour lapse, well, five-hour lapse. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew where the plane was because it had a transponder. They knew exactly where the plane was. It didn't take till eight o'clock to locate it. 
Now, did it take till eight o'clock to access the crash site? Maybe. I, I still have a hard time believing that in a sense. <laughs> but I still don't see any wreckage. I, I don't. I just have a hard time buying no it. No wreckage. Not. I mean, not with. And not I with the scene that they showed. I mean, they showed an aerial view that was very limited. All you saw was what they wanted you to see of disturbed trees. But there was nothing at the base of those trees. Nothing. Yeah. And another thing about it that I find odd. I mean, after 9-11, granted 20-something years ago, and after everything that's happened, you mean to tell me that an event that causes the DOD to scramble some freaking fighters Six to escort a private aircraft out of restricted airspace gets zero coverage. Bullshit articles. Only media coverage. Really? You scrambled jets. I remember when there was a guy... What was he in? Like an ultralight helicopter or an ultralight plane? You're talking about the one that crashed was a, in Washington's lawn? No, he, the White yeah, House but he lawn. was a postman. He was a postman yeah. or something. <laughs> and he flew over there, and that was all over the news. Yeah, but you're going to tell time. me, yeah, but you're going to tell me that a jet flew in restricted airspace, actually scrambled fighters. And there's no news coverage. That's right. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> well, folks, that's it for today. What do you think? That's crazy information, isn't it? Why don't you leave us your thoughts about it in the comment section. Let us know what you're thinking. And don't forget, go visit AmericanSpiritNovelties.Apparel.Store and support the Constitution Commandos. Until next time, on behalf of Patrick and myself, we're the Constitution Commandos, and we're out.